0: The news round on Off The Ball. With Gillette, in association with Movember, effortless shave, magnificent Mo. This is
1: News Talk. The greatest of all time. It's a debate that I suppose will live on forever, but one name will always be on every list. Pele passed away 24 hours ago at the age of 82. Three days of official mourning have been declared in Brazil. We'll talk to Tim Vickery this hour in Brazil about what this giant means to his home country. Also tonight, we look forward to another round of the URC Interpros on New Year's Day with Alan Quinlan. And as it's our last weekday off the ball of 2022, we're going to look back on the sporting year that was with some of our favourite pieces reflecting those moments. We'll have Brian O'Driscoll on Ireland series win in New Zealand. A brilliant piece with Eric Donovan and Ronan Mullen on Katie Taylor's epic win over Amanda Serrano in New York. Brian Cody stepping down after 24 years with two stalwarts of uh, two of his stalwarts Eddie Brennan and Michael Fenley, and lots more besides now it's Mick McCarthy here tonight just me myself and I there's a shortage of people with Christmas and illness and thankfully there's always old reliable Richie McCormick to lean on in these times of trouble Richie hello and happy new year old re- Old reliable, happy, uh, early
0: happy new year to you as well, mate. Uh, spot the two lads who couldn't sort out days off over the Christmas, uh, to pad out the week, uh, is probably what we'd say here. Uh, but yeah, like it's 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 a it's a strange old week. Um, I think obviously compounded by events in Sao Paulo last night, yeah. Um, because I think, like, I'll be honest with you, our topic of conversation last night was about to be sure, how do you pro- actually pronounce Cody Gakpo's surname and then. Uh, we got the the tweets and Instagrams in to go. Actually, no, I think it's probably something a little bit uh, you know more weighty. So this to is what I, about
1: here? So yeah, this is what I was going to say. Like, I mean, to not to pull the curtain back, but I've been talking to Kira here, and you were sitting in this exact seat twenty four hours ago, yeah. And I believe we were in the seven o'clock news yeah. when news yeah. came through about Pele, and I actually was I didn't hear it live, and I was listening to it today, and I was like, God, Richie is incredibly somber. Uh, you know, and it's like I mean, for now, twenty four hours later, we're thinking of Pele as somebody to be celebrated and to yeah look back on the career with gusto, almost, you know. But twenty four yeah. hours ago, you had literally just heard as you came on air, and we got Gilesy back on the phone and did a great tribute.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's a very strange thing because you have to kind of set the right tone, and I don't like immediate celebration probably wouldn't.
1: Oh have been sure, absolutely, the right thing yeah, to do, yeah,
0: But but like when you consider the 82 years that he was with us and the many facets of his career. Like I, my first encounters with Pelé are probably like a lot of other people my age and and, and our age, Mick, uh, without wanting to drag you into this, uh, which would have been by by videotape and by film. Mm. So like I would have seen him first uh, in action. I don't know how many if anybody else out there has this. I'd love a copy of it because I think the YouTube version is a bit dodgy. BBC did a video around 1990 called The Boys from Brazil, which I think was done just before the World Cup, because John Motson does the voiceover, and he obviously alludes to what will Brazil do in, in 1990, and it's like a lot of it. Obviously, it's just clips of Pele being mm. brilliant, and as somebody else pointed out last night, apart from obviously the final and and his his, his goal there and and everything he contributed to, to Brazil winning in '70, like he we won the World Cup as a child in and as one of the best players in the world as a child in yeah. 1958. And also like some of his best moments weren't goals. Like you think of that dummy against Uruguay when he goes round the keeper and, and knocks it just wide, the chance against Romania when he tries to ping it in from the halfway line and it goes again uh, just wide. But it shows the, the vision and the intelligence and the, the gall of mm. the man on the football field. And then the other videotape that you would have seen a lot of Pele on when you're my age is Escape to Victory. <laughs> as Corporal Luis Hernandez from Trinidad and Tobago, who can do everything on a football pitch and can score famous equalizers uh, with an overhead kick and broken ribs and escape off into the Parisian streets under the cover of a, a stranger's coat—a um, pele but, like, kick, geez. as they call it in uh, in uh, in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it's it's absolutely remarkable. Like his influence stretches everywhere. Like even that pele kick that you talk about. Is now not it's like a, it's a it's a it's a move in professional wrestling there's a guy called aj styles who did like an overhead kick as part of his repertoire and that became known uh as the pele kick um so like he he stretches into other facets of life that very few sportsmen have ever done so in that respect he's he's definitely in rarefied air
1: It's a great chat with Tim. Uh, we recorded it earlier on. It's coming up um, in about 15 minutes or so. But uh, one of the things we did talk about was kind of Pele's influence on how we see Brazil now as a mm. country even, but certainly as the football team that we all look forward to seeing. And was that all down to one man? And Tim has a great response about how his career, uh, you know, the, the 20 years of, since he told his father that he was going to you know, dry his tears and win the World Cup to 1970, that everything changed in Brazil, in football, in technology, everything. And when you think of, you think of the 1970 World Cup and, you know, that's the first colour TV World Cup. And I always, like, the story I always hear from my dad was, you know, my grandfather, you know, got the TV in for the 1970 World Cup. Now, I don't yeah. know if that's apocryphal or if I'm even remembering it wrong, but that's what was always been in my head. And from in, in my head, that's as much about two things. It's about the colour, Brazil representing that colour in the yellow, blue and white, and then Pelé being that representation of Brazil. Is that that is how much he meant. He, he was the linchpin for, in some ways, the birth of colour television when it comes to sport.
0: Yeah, like there's there's two main there's probably two key influences in I think the northern hemisphere as regards the drivers for television like just the medium itself. Uh, one famously is uh, the coronation of Queen Elizabeth. So it was in '53, I think. Obviously, television had been around for a little while, but its progress had faltered because of the Second World War. But everybody suddenly wanted television to watch the coronation of Queen Elizabeth in the UK and and everywhere else. And then when color started to become a thing, and obviously we were probably among the later adopters in this country, mm. but certainly in uh, the UK, in Western Europe, and possibly in North America as well, one of the main key drivers for color TV was the 1970 World Cup. And that is just like that. those colors, that the, the colors of the final particularly, like the really verdant, lush Azteca turf, those yellow jerseys of Brazil, the really dark blue of Italy, like, it was... It, that's seared in people's minds. And those those were, would have been the, some of the first colour moving images that a lot of people would have seen outside of a cinema uh, right. house. So, like, like that's just... That, that, that imprint, like, that will never be... Because repl- like it can never be replicated. Like, as somebody else said, I think it was the clip that we, we put out on social media from the, uh, the documentary maker, the one that's on Netflix. Like, he did everything first. like mm. and, and, and that... Is something for for all our talks of goats and who is the best of all time. He's he's definitely up there, but of all those in the conversation, he's the
1: one who got there first. And this is exactly it. And it, and again, we'll talk to Tim about it, but it, it isn't just myth as well. It's like Pele was two to four and was just an exceptional, exceptional footballer. We never really got to see him in any real way, but there's plenty of evidence out there. But the way people like... John Giles who saw him for real that you spoke to last night talk about him is that you know it was far from just that Pele was a figurehead you know for want of a better I always found that David Beckham is a terrible example of this because David Beckham was a very very good footballer but he wasn't as good as his celebrity uh, yeah, his, you know, his, whereas, his
0: celebrity outsized Pe- his, his actual ability. Whereas with
1: Pele, the ability yeah. was there to go along with the fact that he was yeah. the leader of world football. So Well, well the ability
0: created the celebrity. That's, absolutely, that's the yeah. yeah. 1958,
1: you talked about earlier, and you talked about it a little bit last night, and it's one thing we didn't really get to um, with Tim for time constraints. But the fact, again, that I, I can't emphasize enough, the fact that a 17-year-old wasn't just the guy who came alive in the World Cup, but was even going into it as the main Mm. man in a team that went and won the World Cup for the first time. Uh, It's actually beyond comprehension, really, isn't it? Like, I know things were different back then. People had to grow up a little bit quicker and people weren't mollycoddled. But at the same time, this was a 17-year-old who scored two goals in a World Cup final and led his team
0: through the tournament. Like I hate I hate drawing comparisons with different eras because obviously it's it's really futile. Yeah. But like if if you go back to two thousand and six and look how Lilo Messi was coated in in cotton wool, being you know brought into that World Cup in drips and drabs in in Germany, you look at how even like he's not in the same plane. But certainly in during the nineties, there was talk that he was going to be one of the great players. Somebody like Raoul, who wasn't brought to Euro ninety six because he was viewed as being too young at yeah. seventeen. And obviously was there in '98, and, and went on to make whatever limited impression he could do in a in a limited Spain side. But you're talking about 17-year-olds don't make that progress at this age. And yes, they had to be adults sooner than they probably should have been in those days. But regardless, to have that level of talent, whereby you're the driving factor of your country winning a World Cup and lifting itself up five year or eight years on from that disappointment uh, at the American Ah, yeah, it's just from it's just remarkable. Like it is fairy tale stuff, and I don't think like I don't think that should be lost like he no. wrote his own fairy tales several times over and uh, should be lauded for that because he's just an incredible incredible footballer
1: Yeah, and look I don't know if we're learning anything new about Pele but it's been great to relive it over the last 24 hours I have to say and yeah. and, and read all about it afresh and anew again because uh, it's a story that should never be forgotten or overlooked as is, was predictable tonight we've gone on way too long about Pele which is the only <laughs> interesting story of time and we've barely any time for your news round which is brought to you with yeah, Gillette yeah. Labs for an effortless finish today so I'm really glad you spent all day
0: writing it uh, Richie but yeah. let's get through a couple anyway quickly <laughs> I will mention obviously there's three days of morning ongoing in Brazil Brazil uh, following Pelé's death and obviously everyone in the football world is going to pay tribute starting tonight two games in the Premier League uh, the first of which kicks off in half an hour's time at the London Stadium West Ham will be up against uh, Brentford there an 8pm start at Anfield where Liverpool entertain Leicester Liverpool side has Allison in Gould Trent Alexander-Arnold Joel Matip Virgil van Dyke, and Andy Robertson Thiago Jordan Henderson and Harvey Elliott are in midfield and then front three of Alex Oxlade Chamberlain, Mo Salah and Darwin Nunez. Uh, Jonathan Sexton, Jameson Gibson-Parker to start together for the first time this season when Leinster welcome Connacht to the RDS on Sunday. Leo Cullen has made 13 changes to his side with only Jordan Larmer and Ryan Byrd retained. Connacht will travel to Dublin without Ireland internationals Mack Hansen, Bundy Aki and Finlay Bielham. While Malachi Fekatoa is back in the Munster centre for their game with Ulster on New Year's Day, his return one of six changes from their narrow defeat to Leinster. Ulster are able to recall Jacob Stockdale, Robert Ballacoon, James Hume and Billy Burns for that game and there is a 7.35 start at Murrayfield where Edinburgh take on Glasgow Warriors tonight and Didier Deschamps appears certain to still be in charge of France When they visit Dublin in March, he's been holding talks with the French Football Federation this week regarding an extension to his contract, which expires with the turn of the year. But FFF President Noël Lagrate told La Prisien this evening that a new deal is close to being signed. In fact, it seems almost his signature is the only thing that's missing from that deal.
1: Do you know what Deshaun needs to do now, Richie? He needs to go and say, I've already won the World Cup. I need to go and reinvent this team. I'm going to print a load of 17-year-olds for the trip to Dublin and see if I can find the next Pele.
0: Well, it was actually... uh, One of them came up. There was a guy who came on from Monaco. His name escapes me the other night. He scored two off the bench against Strasbourg. Forget him. He could actually be good. Yeah. That's what I'm I'm talking about. He actually (laughs) looks really, really good. So perhaps... I don't know maybe is is 16, 15 too young for for an international footballer in France I don't think so personally so I think uh, it it behooves Didier Deschamps with a new horizon uh, coming up for him to dig into the younger talent that is available to France particularly in those early games in the qualification campaign absolutely look if it
1: doesn't work out and you've lost in Dublin so you can always go back to the tried and true you know recalibrate for those games against Greece and stuff like that so they'll be fine yeah exactly and make sure you do beat Greece though that's very important for us yeah Uh, Richie thanks so much in Enjoy the rest of your Friday evening and Happy New Year to you. We'll chat to you next week.